Ladies and gentlemen, this is Manny De La Cruz, and I want to thank you very much for having been patient with me during this hiatus. Uh, look, uh, with the coronavirus hit, and we started to do quarantines, and we started to do, well, before that, when we started getting crazy and buying up all the toilet paper, and I say we, because I'm going to include myself in, in part of that madness in general, although uh, I, we, we did restrain ourselves, but again, I don't want to point any fingers and say like I was, you know, immune from feeling nervous and anxious, so we started getting crazy, and we started to uh, huddle in and really start to get anxious, and look, it took me every bit of the last month to kind of get settled out with life and kind of get settled into what this new world was going to look like. Well, I say new world. I don't, that new, you know, immediate time when we were dealing with this and especially for work, it took, uh, look, I work in oil and gas and that entire world uh, got flipped upside, upside down. Excuse me, I just dropped my mic. That thing got completely turned upside down and I had to figure out how to work from home and how to, you know, Alyssa, my wife, she also has a, you know, work that she was trying to manage and three kids. So look, unfortunately, this project had to put be put to the side. But look, I am excited to be back. Uh, I am thankful that I have a group of friends uh, that uh, got, you know, jumped on board with me to help me out to get back to recording. And look, these friends, so Peter Reyes from Caterpillar, Miguel Sanchez with Chevron, uh, Gabriel Cruz with Tenares and Michael Cantu with HPE are all past episodes. I've interviewed them individually and you can uh, look at the show notes to reference the, the, you know, those shows where they were, where they were at. But uh, look, throughout this entire pandemic and this time we've been IMing each other. We've been on group chat and sharing all kinds of, uh, you know, just jokes and checking in on each other and sharing TikToks and sharing, you know, crime faces, just a bunch of uh, uh, humorous stuff throughout the uh, day to kind of make uh, things a little bit easier to deal with. So uh, we started talking about, hey, let's do a virtual happy hour and let's talk about a few things and talk about our experience. And uh, I'll admit there's some elements of it that are a bit rough. Uh, we did uh, have a few, you know, cocktails that Peter Reyes uh, showed us how to do. And then we started recording. So look, I am, I am glad that you're here. I am glad that you were patient with me. And I look forward to having this conversation and, and hearing your feedback, but uh, continuing on on this project. So did you want to do this podcast on this video thing, or did you want us to promote or something? I think he's going to record the audio from this. Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, I've been recording ever since we started just to kind of see how it goes through. But oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I think legally you need to tell me that you're recording. Yeah, legally. Yeah, we, we're, <laughs> Manny, it was a good run, but we're going to sue you now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, but look, so I kind of wanted to talk about, talk about a couple, couple of, of, of random things, right? And so, yes, we are definitely at the end of this going to provide something useful uh, for like uh, a student or an early career person or someone that's uh, doing uh, engineering since we're all uh, engineers and stuff. But I kind of wanted to hear from each of you just, hey, how has this, uh, this Corona time uh, been? So I'll let, uh, I'll let uh, Mr. Cantu, why don't you start us off? What's, uh, what's this been like uh, working from home, dealing with everything? Because of Rona, uh, it's been uh, similar to Hurricane Harvey here in Houston. Uh, just stuck at home, 
people buying things they don't need. Everyone's scared, even though it's uh, kind of over. But about the same for work, been steady. We had some supply chain issues with uh, Asia closings, but back to the usual for now. Not too crazy in Houston, at least for the technology sector. So technology, that's the sector you're in. What about you, Peter? Because you're in a bit of a different industry. Um, so like I work from home, usually, like about 30% of the time. So crazy and an idea, but I also travel the rest of that time. So we got, we got shut down pretty early in March. No train, no plane, no visiting out. So... Everybody said, oh, you're going to have a lot more time now since you're not traveling, but it's uh, actually the complete opposite. I, I have meetings kind of back-to-back. People see like an opening on your calendar. They stick a meeting in there. Um, so I've, I've actually probably done more, have more meetings, and then once those meetings are done, probably like around 4 or 5 o'clock, then I'll actually get to do work. So <laughs> I find myself actually working a lot later, like just small projects and things like that. So uh, it's been more work, but... Personally, I'm used to working from home, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, the worst thing is usually I, there's like an office here in my, in my building, in my apartment, that I can go uh, and sit down, but everything's kind of shut down. So I have to work like from my living room or like outside here in the porch where I'm at right now. So that's that's the biggest thing. But from a, from a, from a I guess, work perspective, I mean, it wasn't like you were uh, losing any kind of... Uh, what you actually do on a day to day, or did you have to modify, or what? Yeah, I mean, I have to, you know, kind of practice empathy with. Uh, so I, I work with dealers. He <laughs> gave us going like that, but I, I do because it's like I work with three different dealers in Southern California, and they we needed to see, okay, well, are our customers still going to want to see us? Uh, are they going to be considered an essential business? So it was kind of a wait and see, and, and we were cut when when uh, all this shutdown happened. It was right after Con Expo, which is the largest uh, construction event that we have. It's every two years in Vegas. Um, basically, everybody that came back, and this is everybody, you know, not just Caterpillar, Volvo, John Deere, Bobcat. Everybody came back, and almost everybody was on lockdown because it was such a big event with a bunch of different people. We didn't know. Customers, our employees, our dealers, you know, was that something that people might have gotten in contact with somebody because it was such a huge event. But as far as from the business side here in Southern California, construction was considered essential. So it, it wasn't that big of a deal as far as that. But as far as customer visits, like that's a no. Like you you really have a, have to have a very, very good reason to go see a customer. Yeah. Uh, which if you have a customer that you've known for a while, they have good relationships with. That's, that's fine. But if you're trying trying to get new customers, which is what I focus on, very difficult. Like you usually want your first impression to like go see them in person, shake their hand, talk to them, you know, do that relationship building. That's just not not possible right now. And so we've had to try to do very creative ways of, of going about doing our business. And so one idea was like, hey, just cater, like send them catering food out there to like their business. You just say, hey, we're thinking of you uh, when all this, you know, is done and over, let's get together, you know, feet and then like donating proceeds to the local area. So there's, there's, there's a little, a lot of kind of cool creative things that people can do yeah. to get your, your foot into door to something like that to new business, which is new business is critical. Like for us, um, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity. And so this 
time doesn't lend itself to that, but we're, we're trying to be as creative as possible. Yeah. So you got Mike that's with HPE, you know, had some kind of modification. You got Peter working for Caterpillar. Okay, modification, but still running steady. Uh, Gabe, how about you, man? Man, it's been, it's been a trip because uh, I started this off with the, the birth of uh, Evelyn. So she was born February 4th. Uh, and then I had my two weeks maternity leave. And then like a week after that, like things just started going crazy. So I get back to work and oil is starting to, to, to go down. Um, then you see the, the rise of this, this virus. And uh, there's just a lot of things uh, that kind of compounded onto each other. Uh, that uh, really kind of uh, influenced the uh, influenced the industry and influenced the the business that we're in. So you know, it's it's really just been uh, trying to wrap your head around it. And as a result of all of the our entire companies had to restructure. A lot of organizations have had to restructure. So you see. People in new roles. You see people that have been uh, that were directors that are no longer directors. You had a lot of people that were laid off around you. I mean, it really impacted a, our our organization uh, pretty hard. And, and I don't think we're necessarily out of it just yet. This is just the first round, right? So, so uh, like Peter was saying, you know, you've got to do a lot of things to kind of adapt. Uh, you've got to adapt to new roles, to new positions, to, to whatever uh, the company needs you to do. But all at the same time, you, you can't go and see new customers. You can't go and and uh, and uh, go out to the, to the rigs and, and go out to the, to the offices because everything's closed. So you got to be pretty creative about it. Uh, but personally, I think I took this time to do a lot of training. So I've I've done a lot of. Uh, Working on some sales trainings, I'm doing some other trainings for licenses that I'm trying to get. So, um, I mean, and I've got to spend time with my newborn, my baby girl. So, man, I can't can't really complain. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's it's been stressful because you don't know you don't know if you're if you're going to be keeping your keeping your job. If, you know, if you're going to be able to support your family moving forward. And I think there's a lot of people that are in that position. In this industry, especially out here, yeah. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit because you know uh, that that is certainly a very real, real thing. And 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 like for me, so I took a vacation like the week before there, you know, in March. And I remember, well, I knew that hey, there was this you know this coronavirus and things were starting to happen. And it was like, well, it wasn't that serious. And we took this uh, this vacation out. So I'm out in the boonies, out in West Texas, and New Mexico rented an RV and we did that whole road trip thing like we like to do. And then when I start coming back and I start plugging in, I start like I saw like oil went all the way to like $30 and I thought the sky fell. And of course, in height, like, and it's, it's got, gotten even worse, right? So um, it was like, what the heck am I walking into? And then my brother starts, I was texting with my brother and he starts telling me about, yeah, man, it's getting crazy. Like everybody's trying to buy toilet paper. And that's just the, still the funniest thing to me where you couldn't get toilet paper and i'm like no okay. it's gonna it's, it's gonna be okay and 
So we get in like on a Saturday and I said, well, I guess I got, and look, and we went on vacation. So, you know, Alyssa, you guys know Alyssa, she had like, the, the fridge was empty, like nothing was going to rot, right? We weren't going to be in that situation. So like literally came home to, to nothing. And so I go to the grocery store and I'm just like, what the heck happened? Like there's no toilet paper, there's no, you know, soap and stuff, I guess. And and there was uh, all everything that was meat was gone. And I'm like, what what the heck's going on? But and then the work thing started to come on me, like having to adjust and and how do I, you know, this thing from home and there were certain things that I didn't bring home with me. So I kind of, you know, until they said you could come back for to, to grab stuff, it was just kind of a, a weird, uh, a weird kind of uh, place to be. I'm not going to lie. Like for me, that first week, it wasn't like, OK, I'm going to work from home. It was a little a little unnerving. Like I got into this job. Um, like less than a year ago. So I was still like trying to figure out certain things. And I thought I was getting some momentum going before vacation. And then like it completely dropped out of the sky because no one was there to like teach the new guy something. It was going to be, you know, we got to figure out how to fight this fire and, and, and kind of stay afloat a little bit. I saw McGill was there for a half a second. I was about to ask him, get him to fill in. So we got uh, McGill also here with us and he's popping in and out. He's got a couple of things he's got to take. Uh, Care of. So we started, so, so we, we talked about the work thing, but I kind of want to now hear about like how have you or have you gone through any kind of like, uh, I guess I'll say per, like something a little bit more personal, right? Something that you had to kind of deal with or, or kind of work through, it, it, or whether it's anxiety or whether it's, uh, I think even Gabe, you started kind of hit on it, like worry, worrying about job security or, or, or whether or not there's going to be like, you know, a salary that's going to be reduced or, you know, you know, stunting or pausing of, uh, of, uh, like career progression, any, any concerns like that? Well, this is Mike, just to chime in real quick. Cause I don't want to lose this. You mentioned you were on vacation you came back and it was hard to get toilet paper, et cetera. I was actually in Mexico in San Luis in the middle of nowhere when all this was happening. Uh, we brought back about, 20 packages of toilet paper and a bunch of rice and beans. So uh, that was fun. We were those weird people at the little tiny tien. And I was like, oh, ¿para qué compran todo esto? Uh, we wouldn't get it. It's cool. Um, but I know for me, as far as like a personal worry, my wife, she's considered uh, essential. She works at a hospital, but not with patients or anything like that. So uh, it, her having to go there every day and come back and you know, at first we were having her change in the garage or she got home and, you know, have a face mask and spread her down with Lysol and all that stuff. But, you know, besides I mean, that, sorry, it's, I um, laugh, but, but I could just picture you spraying. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. Exactly what you picture is what I was doing. Uh, a fabuloso like, wash. Arms out. <laughs> turn around. Everything. Keep your shoes there. But I don't know if it's because, you know, for whatever reasons, luckily, you know, she hasn't seen any symptoms, neither have I, and neither has her sister. Her sister and her mom work with her. They drive together every morning. So uh, for me, that was kind of one of the worries. I know I was worried about my dad. He's one of the at-risk populations. But luckily, after a few weeks, he got to be able to work from home. So at least for me, I can stay at home all the time with the dogs. I haven't had any kind of uh, go-crazy-at-home syndrome. So as long as everyone's cool, I think that's been the only stressful part for me. I don't know. How about y'all? Yeah. What about you, Gabe? Like yeah, we start, we, we started this, you know, when we started 
this phone call, right? You opened up your video chat with a crying baby. So <laughs> how, has, how has Rona life been with uh, in the cruise household? That's tough, man. That's tough because, you know, you've got, you're doing two roles now, right? Um, you're trying to, you're trying to, uh, take care of the kids. There's not a whole lot of places I can go. I mean, I've got, I've got a, an office that I can go into. Right. But, um, I mean, they're banging on the door. You've got, <laughs> you've got, uh, you know, the baby crying. Katie's got it. Got to take care or, or make lunch, dinner, start something. Uh, uh, I've got to, to make lunch cause Katie's nursing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that have been going on that kind of really interrupts your day. What ends up happening is you end up working a lot later. You end up working until like nine o'clock. I was working until like ten thirty last night because I couldn't get anything done because uh, we had to uh, take care of the kids and, and uh, uh, make dinner and everything. I had to send some emails out that uh, I couldn't do until ten thirty at night. So I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where you know your your work kind of consumes you. Uh, and you're still trying to make time for family. Um, really, 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 uh, uh, I, you know, I think a lot of people are going through that. And uh, it's, it's. It, I don't think the, the whole work from home, uh, the whole work from home thing is a, is a, a accurate assessment. I think it's more like you're at home having to work when you can, right? You're not working from home, really. Yeah. You're at home having to work. So, Miguel, so it's, it's Miguel, welcome to the to the conversation. You got you got uh, you got everything squared away. Yeah, everything squared away. I should be pulled over. All right, so I'm gonna have you get. Look, I've asked a couple questions like, "Hey, how has uh, this corona corona time been for you? And have you had any like uh, anything personal that you had to kind of work through or kind of think about or or deal with as part of this uh, work from home situation?" So yeah, similar to Mike. So um, I mean, I've, I've been at home. Um, we felt last now going on ninth week. Uh, no issues with me working from here. I do a lot of my uh, meetings. Um, I, I sometimes tell my team, I think we actually get more stuff done while from home because we're not getting the constant traction that we would get in the office, which there's pros and cons to all of that. Um, I think the hardest part for me has been not being able to see my parents because I mean, they, they are. And, and when I was about to turn 60, they're, they're in that more um, susceptible age range. And it, it's just, I didn't realize how often I went to see them until yeah. and not having that sense of you know, closeness of the support system. And, you know, we, we, face, we face each other through video chat. I think I called them more now, but it's, it's, it's tough not being able to see parents, your grandparents. That, yeah, that, that, that's been the hardest part. So I started gardening a lot more. I'm home every weekend, so there's so many type of projects. Uh, I'm actually very much enjoying a lot of this. I never thought I was going to like gardening, but I, I ended up enjoying it. It's not going to be peaches and cream, right? Like, and what, what I want people to hear, like when I consider the, like the audience, see there's some young professional or a student in engineering it's like look like all of us here have been you know are, are several years into our career but this is a brand new situation for every single one of us right and so there's some i think there's some benefit to 
to like be honest and transparent and kind of like talk about, hey, it, it, it does have its uh, rough component. So let's start talking about the uh, light on the end of the tunnel. Like, Peter, do you see some uh, some light in the end of the tunnel for you as to when you're going to get back to normal out there in California? So we, I just actually got a, a corporate uh, announcement today or yesterday. That's another thing. Today start like melding together. Yeah. Every day is the same. Thing. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so we had an announcement from, from my business unit and uh, the vast majority of us in my business unit, we were in the field. So we're all, um, you know, normally we'd be on a plane and train in the car in front of customers, all that kind of stuff. And so we just got a notice saying that we were supposed to lift this travel ban uh, for us um, May 15th. And so based on that communication, they said that they're not, uh, it's kind of indefinite right now, which basically means they can extend it out for however long they feel it's necessary. But I, I think it's mainly because of they don't know, like things could change. Um, California numbers as far as like cases and all this kind of stuff, uh, you know, has subsided a little bit week after week, which is good, but it's still it's such a huge population. Like it's, it's, it's just something you need to you know, take a close uh, look at, but that's a corporate wide, right? So we're headquartered out of Illinois. So this is every, everybody in North America has the same rule. So for us, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I see a little light. I won't say it's very big, but I see a little bit where uh, I'm, I'm thinking if, if as long as nothing crazy happens, I would imagine that hopefully by July, June, late June, July, that I'm able to actually start traveling again. But it's who knows, you know, nobody has a has a crystal ball, you know, so it's a lot of it. Maybe may, it's for sure medical safety, but then also corporate, you know, litigation. Um, they have announced uh, also this week that every single employee at, at Caterpillar has to wear a face mask. Yeah, this week. So if you're in a factory uh, environment, whether you're you're, you know, an office environment, you have to have one. Which I thought was actually kind of surprising. I wasn't expecting that. So yeah, it's uh. So is our light? There's a little one, um, but we're. I think uh, our company, you know, like most all of our companies here, we we take safety as number one priority. And um, that that's something that uh, you know we're it's how they're taking the next steps on. Yeah. So look, in case any anybody's hearing some clinging and clanging and mixing and what sounds like ice, uh, this is kind of a virtual happy hour right now. So Peter, before we got started, taught us uh, how to make uh, this drink. So Peter, why don't you? I should have probably prefaced that. Tell us about this drink that we just made, and then I'll move on to to, to something not so fun. Yeah, so along with like, so you have Miguel doing gardening outside. Cantu, uh, I saw you were making, you know, fixing up, you know, your your uh, smokers outside. Gabe, you have your babies all over the place, you know, uh, everywhere, everywhere. And uh, for for me, it's like, okay, I have more additional time to uh, explore a, a, a pretty. Um, uh, it's a cool hobby that I like. Work, you know learning more about, which is cocktails, the world of craft cocktails. And so when you told me, like, you know, we were kind of discussing, you know, doing a, a joint podcast with all of us, I thought that was going to be super cool. And I was like, oh, hey, you know, maybe we should we should have a drink, you know, before. And, uh, let me, let's, let me show you how to make the drink and uh, maybe something different, something you haven't had before. Um, 
And so the name of the drink is called the King Kong. Uh, it's it's a it's kind of a riff on a Manhattan. Um, if you ever had a Manhattan, usually up this one uh, kind of using ice, but you can do it up also. But looking at ingredients like rum, uh, bourbon, and really there's something unique. I, I wanted you guys to try something different, probably something you haven't had before, uh, which is this banana liqueur. And uh, what, what I thought was funny is each one of us got a, a different uh, type of banana liqueur. So I, I gave my recommendation to the banana liqueur, which is uh, Giffords, uh, Giffords, Giffords uh, banana liqueur. Uh, it's excellent. Um, there's some other ones. Let's let's. I think the the one that might not be as as great, which I think uh, Miguel or or, or uh, Kamtu got over there. But uh, yeah. there's a numeric brand out there. Yeah, I mean, it's not, when I when I fought Miguel's not, Miguel, you guys can't see video, but Miguel's tying out the '99 bananas. Uh, uh, <laughs> brand. Which, I, hey, it, it may or may not be. I don't know. I've never tried it, but uh, yeah, Giffords. If you can get it, it's like 28 bucks, 29 bucks. Uh, it's I love it. Um, it's very. They'll just they'll just mail you the check, Peter. Yeah. Hey, oh. if they can, if they want to send me some, that's, that's great. But anyways, bourbon, rum, Giffords, and then a little dash of bitters, and you're you're set. I mean, it's a it's a higher proof uh, cocktail, but it's good to uh, take and you know reminisce with some some old friends. Yeah, so that that that's what we started, and that's why I was like explaining if if folks are hearing you know slurping or ice clinging or mixing. It's because uh, we're, we're, we're kind of continuing to make new, more rounds uh, of the drink. So anyway, so before we got off on a tangent talking about alcohol, you mentioned something in there that things that have to be considered in order for uh, us to get back right to normal. And you threw out a big uh, school word where you were talking about litigation, right? And so I don't think that's something that 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 is like a a uh, a thing that people understand that hey there's a lot more to it than you know the the virus is is subdued there's a whole lot of other things that the corporations are wearing you're breaking in and out yeah, yeah. man we i'm having a very hard time with that. are you hold on <laughs> like all i heard was litigation oh <laughs> uh, dude law yeah no yeah, that's no. that's something i'm thinking through. about too so something what I, peter knows is is extremely well versed in so Peter threw a word out there, right? When he talked about there was litigation, right? That, that that's possible, right? And going back to work. And it was one of the, I was just talking about or mentioning, hey, there's other things other than, you know, hey, the coronavirus is no more or, hey, the number of cases have gone down in the private sector, right? Like there's other considerations that have to be taken. So I, I know for us, I mean, we're, we're in Southern California, um, we're going off, off of whatever county says for most of us from Turner work, um, but we still have some big projects going on. We, we, I work in a refinery. Um, we do have turnarounds that are about to start uh, next week. And the way that we've been kind of approaching that, not, not only just from the COVID perspective, but the oil and gas market in all the world kind of tanking, there's been a lot of changes in what we were going to execute um, moving forward. So it, it, it's it, the last couple of weeks have really been pretty tough uh, decision making around what projects are in, what projects are out, how many contractors do we have to have on site, how can contractors and 
employees that are going to have to be on site that are essential workers for that type of work protect themselves? What kind of what kind of what kind of write ups do we have for people who don't who break the rules? It's 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 a whole new world that we're getting into. And um, so, kind of more personally for me, I'm a, I'm a first time supervisor. I've only been a supervisor for a couple of months, and um, in, in all of these sessions that we're having for for hey, how how do you deal with employees? Everyone's just saying this is unprecedented. This is there's a lot of anxiety out there. There's a lot of stress out there. You know, kind of kind of getting through this is I'm trying to to be a strong for you know my team and. Especially like the young that are, you know, first year engineers uh, getting into this. Um, I'm trying to be strong as, as I can for them. But like, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on for all of us. So, kind of packaging all of that up and also trying to get the other part of our minds of, yeah, I want to go back to work. I'm ready to get out of my house and move. We, we, we just have the, Kind of reconcile that and, and and try to move forward and the, the first step is just trying to open out and being extra cautious what about you what about you gabe anything that you think is going to be a, a big adjustment for you when you get back you know man i don't know if there is a getting back to to the office because uh they uh They've really reduced the the size of, of the office uh, we have out here. It's kind of like a remote a remote uh, office anyway, and I think uh, I think it's going to be completely different. I don't think we're going to have the same. I don't think we're going to have the same uh, requirement to be in an office. You know, uh, the biggest thing is going to be whether or not you can go see clients. Uh, and I think that's probably where a lot of the, uh, I think that's where a lot of the risk uh, for some of these, these uh, operators is that you, they don't want to just let strangers in, uh, you know, or, 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 or vendors in to uh, just come in to their offices. So I think they're going to be a little bit more closed. It's going to be harder to see people face to face moving forward. All right. So let's talk about uh, internships, right? So it's, it, it was about to be the summer. Well, you know, where, where internships kick off typically in May, right? So this beginning of May is when a lot of summer internships should start off. Uh, and I've been seeing on LinkedIn with a bunch of like students announcing that either their offers got rescinded, right? Like internships got canceled or they're going virtual. Uh, Mike, have you have you gotten a chance to, to, to see any of that? Or what are your thoughts or what would you to an intern that's going to have to deal with a virtual internship. So I know for us at HPE, from what I understand, we're doing virtual internships. At least that's what I've heard. I was trying to, to begin helping out with the HPE intern program this year, uh, but you know, I don't. They're definitely not going to be on site. Um, if I was someone who had a virtual internship, I would say it would be a, a perfect time for a young engineer or a new engineer. And, and kind of self-starter or in applications, you know, must be self-motivated. Uh, if there was ever a time to do it, this is this is the time. Um, and if there are other interns who are also working remote, and if there's potentially a pool of uh, interns kind of vying for only a couple of positions, uh, that'd probably be the best way to to set yourself apart is to really focus on getting things done 
making yourself available, delivering on, on everything that's asked of you and more. So it, it's kind of, a, you know, different. You don't get to go see people, meet people, make those personal connections and, and grow your, your network in person. But uh, you can have the opportunity to develop other skills that, hey, once you have that skill, once you get it in an office setting, um, you'll be that much more ahead and uh, able to kind of set your own pace. That's what I would say. Miguel, did you have a, did you have a comment? Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be a lot more difficult because exactly what Mike said, the, the interpersonal uh, nonverbal communication is going to be a lot harder. Um, there's going to be things like video chat, but I think the biggest advice I'd give an intern going into a virtual space uh, would be communicate. If you think you're communicating enough, communicate more because it, it's going to be that much more crucial to make sure that people understand what you're working on um, what you're doing, ask questions, um, and, and really try to set yourself apart because all, all you can really control is what you do uh, on your on your own and with yourself. It's it's going to be a lot harder now that you can't just walk into you know your mentor's office or your supervisor's office, ask for help, um, call someone on the phone because most likely you're going to be using your own internet, your own phone, your own desk at wherever you're at. And you still have to make that work for you. So um, the more, the better you communicate, the better you set your expectations, set your goals, and, and really challenge your supervisor and your mentor to do that for you or help you with that. Um, the better off you're going to be. Uh, it, it it's going to be a new environment for everyone too. So the other thing I would say is bear, bear with your <laughs> with your company with your supervisors through this time. I I, I doubt we've ever done something fully virtual for, for, in the, for this space. Peter, what about you? What do you tell that intern that's about to, that just got told they got to do a virtual internship and shine and make an impression? I'd, I'd say they're lucky. You know, it's, there's so many, uh, at least my company for sure. Um, I mean, I think the last uh, number that I saw, it was somewhere upward 60, 70% of our internships or uh, manufacturing or we make stuff, right? And it's it's uh, a lot of those offers were rescinded. So um, when it comes down to advice, like those those people that are having a virtual offer offer for virtual internship, take advantage of it as much as possible. Uh, here's the thing: we're all in the same boat. So when you go to the career fair next year, you know, at your college or you know at Shep or Nesby or Sweet or something like that. Everybody's going to know, like, hey, yeah, we had a weird time last year. So they're going to empathize with that. Uh, if you're one of those people that had their offer rescinded, yeah, it sucks. There's no way around it. You know, you worked hard, you know, and you probably were in the fall, like, looking forward to it. You got your, you had your offer, you know, probably October, November timeframe. You know, you, you told your family, like, it, I, I get it. You know, it's, it, it there's going to be a, a point where, you're feeling pretty bad but here's the thing though this is if there's this is your opportunity like you are at home you can't travel anywhere you don't have an internship here's your time to actually do one of those those things that are in your extra area like what can you do you know if you're in electrical computer engineering and that's your that's your uh major what projects, what what hobbies, what things can you do? What little project can you do on your own? 
and say, hey, yeah, you know, when you go and talk to that recruiter in the fall of 2020 or spring of 2021, like, yeah, you know, this is what happened. But here's how I adapted to that situation. Um, you know, I, I took on this project on, you know, doing, you know, some sort of building my own circuit board for whatever reasons, you know, or work. I learned how to, you know, code in AI programming or, you know, you, you can take advantage. You can take this negative and turn it into a positive. So you can be there and just, you know, feel bad for yourself of not, not, you know, being able to get internship. Or you can flip that around and turn it into a positive and say, hey, I learned this new skill. Uh, I, I learned, um, you know what, I, I started working on, you know, my dad's motorcycle or, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I think probably get blown over or passed over and think that people that are not, oh, well, I need to get this internship. Like, no, well, you need to learn how to work on things. You, know, you need to learn how to, you know, time management. You know, there's a lot of things that are intangibles that a, a recruiter will see and, and recognize that. Um, but you also have to market yourself and that's that same point. Here's what I did. Here's why I turned it into a positive. And look, so it's one thing to be an intern, right, who got an offer rescinded, but then there's also that new graduate, right, graduated here in May and thought that they were going to be starting a job in, let's say, well, June, July, whatever, September. Gabe, what do you tell that, uh, that fresh grad who hooked that company and said yes to, and all of a sudden they don't, uh, they, they don't have a job right now? And I, I think uh, what we're going to see, what we're going to start seeing is uh, you're going to start seeing a lot of students looking at graduate school as an option. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things that I did because I didn't have uh, a job. I didn't have an internship or anything like that coming out of uh, college. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny here. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta explain. So look, we're on a we're, we're on Messenger doing a video call, and you have a bunch of professional engineers that are fooling around with the uh, filters. And uh, we've been doing this for the last fifteen wait. minutes. And uh, wait, I, I want to know if he's making those faces and picking it up, or is it doing it on its own? <laughs> Now, going going back to that, uh, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of, of of people going to graduate school as an option. Um, I don't I don't know if things are going to return to normal as far as recruiting goes. Like I I don't think we're going to see the same opportunities that that we had seen in years before that. I think what's going to happen is we're going to have uh, we're going to have a new approach trying to get these kinds of uh, jobs. I think you're going to have to look at doing more uh, online uh, use through through LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is going to be a huge tool um, for for students moving forward. And then, uh, like Peter said, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to try to adapt. You're gonna have to try to find something. So, uh, in this time, I, I know when we graduated, it was what 2008, 2009 recession, right? Um, and and it was really difficult. You had a lot of people that that uh, maybe didn't didn't get the jobs that they wanted, uh, but they had to take opportunities elsewhere. Uh, 
and so that often means that you have to do something outside of your wheelhouse. Uh, you have to be pretty adaptable to that as well. Yeah. So, and I'm glad you mentioned that, right? So one thing that I kept hearing was, hey, there's not jobs, there's not jobs, there's not jobs. And, and, and look, there's, there's jobs, but they might not be that, you know, the, the preferred company you run it right outside the gate, right? But there's, I was, so I, I kind of told myself, well, let me see, you know, before I start saying that, let me see if there's actually people that are hiring, right? And you mentioned LinkedIn and you can go to jobs and search and do entry level. And there is a bunch of jobs that I'll admit from companies that maybe aren't some of the bigger ones, but when you look at the description, they're a great, what I would say, starter roles and even something that where you could learn uh, some very beneficial stuff at the at the beginning. Like you said, hey, graduate schools, uh, potentially uh, uh, another offer. So let's start talking about, you know, job hunting in for the rest of 20 and 21. I keep hearing this, uh, uh, the, these virtual conferences, right? So certain things have already gone virtual as opposed to face-to-face, -face. like for example, with SHIP, right? So NILA has, is, is gonna go into a virtual space. And I think the conference, I haven't heard officially, but I'm pretty sure there's some decision that needs to be made there. So, uh, so Mike, what do you uh, think that job hunting is going to look like in, uh, in, in here in the rest of this year and, and going into next year? I think it's going to be unique, um, difficult. Yeah, difficult. Um, I know a lot of people, at least here in the Texas schools and schools in the South in general, oil and gas is is kind of the the holy grail. You want to get in with those big names and um, those industries just aren't, aren't doing the best right now. Uh, hopefully they'll recover for everyone's sake. But, you know, people are going to have to go to look at their, you know, second, third, fourth options and then potentially ask themselves, well, is there something I'm interested in that may be more of a passion versus a career? And maybe you have time to look into that. Maybe it's time to, to try something out that you weren't necessarily thinking was your first choice, but maybe it's something that you're more driven to do. Um, for those who are maybe already working and in their career, but looking to expand their role or do something different, um, maybe expanding your role in a, in a different sense, you know, maybe taking a PM role versus an engineering role uh, or something like that, or working towards maybe a project manager certification, something like that, um, and kind of diversifying your portfolio of skills in a different position that may be hiring versus the same position you're in somewhere else. Um, so I think job hunting is going to be hard. It's going to be weird, but I think it's going to be kind of the silver lining that helps people open up to new ideas and see what's going to maybe help them become more diversified as an individual. So Gabe, I did want to ask you, right? So another thing that's happening a lot right now is furloughs and, and, and layoffs, right? And that's something that, you know, you've shared uh, that you've had some, you know, like when we did your episode, you shared, about what your experience was, you know, going through a layoff and, and what that what that did. So why don't you share a little bit about or what would be your advice to someone who who is currently uh, laid off and, and how do you get through it? You know, this is it's a different time. You know, I, I, I think going back to my historic, my experiences of having to go through, you know, a company getting shut down and, and having to, to kind of start again, I was able to, I was able to use my network, uh, to, to really help me kind of get, uh, get a new position. And then, 
Um, I spent a lot of time updating my uh, my LinkedIn, my my online uh, profile, such that you know it was more attractive to recruiters. And uh, that's that's how I ended up with uh, Tenaris, where I ended up right now. I, I don't know if if your networks are going to be the same uh, moving forward, uh, or being able to leverage your networks is going to be the same moving forward because of uh, because of the uh, reality of uh, COVID, you know. And then and then whatever kind of whatever kind of downturn or whatever kind of recession that follows that, it's going to be a lot more hard, uh, a lot more difficult. But um, I, I, I would I would recommend um, investing in in uh, developing your LinkedIn profile, your online your online uh, exposure, any kind of <clears throat> any kind of uh, uh, articles that you can publish, any kind of organizations that you can be a part of, any kind of anything that you can contribute to an online uh, world. I think is gonna is gonna help you in the long run looking for looking for employment. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's different. I don't think, I don't think it's the, the same that, uh, a year ago, two years ago, you know, looking for, looking for work as it is now. What about you, Peter? What are your thoughts on, on, on doing that, the, the job hunt or, you know, moving into a, a virtual footprint and, and promoting yourself that way? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you that, um, sure, yeah, I'll tell you that when I went into engineering, 2004, 2005, like, if you got, if you were an engineer, you graduated in those years, you pretty much got a job. You pretty much got multiple offers. Uh, like, as soon as I started going into it, you, you, there's a lot more opportunity, I feel. Like, and as I progressed in my, in my academic career, it got a little bit more difficult. And it, it was, you know, whether through the economy and all this kind of stuff. And so we got to the point where it wasn't an automatic guarantee that you would get a job because just because you got an engineering degree. Now, move on to the generation that's like current, like it's more competition. Like whenever I go talk to students, it's like your competition is not, you know, the guy next to you, like in, in class or in, even in your college. It's the guy across the planet that is working twice as hard as you, you know, like there's, this is a global economy, right? And so I think one of the biggest things to, to understand is like, you, you have to learn how to adapt. Depending on what industry you're in, it's going to be different. So Miguel, Manny, uh, you know, Gabe, you guys are in the, the oil you know, refinery, like that, that kind of business. It's a very different business. Kind of through more, you know, technology based. Myself, more construction based. So depending on where you're at, you have to figure out where you are in, in this in this area and see how your industry is doing. Oil, let's just say at a high level, very volatile. Can be very volatile. When it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it sucks. You know, and, and so understanding of where you're at is one. What's my present state? If I'm a petroleum engineer, if I'm you know, any any of these areas, mechanical, chemical, like, okay, where, where do I stand? Where your present state is important to know. And then from that, okay, where can I be? Because I'll tell you a positive of this. If you're a graduating senior, you know, within this year or the next year, you know, one thing that's happened is there's been a lot of layoffs. So 
there's going to be a job opportunity uh, within the next six to 18 months. And that's, that's what you need to dig into. It's like, who's hiring, which involves research. Uh, what, what companies are, are something for you to get, you know, experience in. And, and I think everybody knows, it's probably, I think it's more relevant to the current generation than our generation is that just because you start working for one company doesn't mean that you're going to work with them forever. So what you need, you lost one year of a, an internship. Let's say, let's just, let's just say you were a junior. This was your last summer to get an internship. You're, you're banking on it. It didn't happen. Well, you know, it's, it's your opportunity to sell yourself on where these companies are that are hiring. Do one year to three years. Feel it out and, figure, and try to see if you can uh, see if you can, uh, uh, you know, get some good experience from that. So, 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 look, you touched on something that that I kind of want to explore, right? Where you started saying, "Hey, imagine you're a junior." So, what about that freshman right now who's trying to make a decision on like what major to go after? And I'll kind of who had Miguel? Go ahead. Yeah. So, so look at the end of the day. The job market fluctuates a lot. And yes, this is unprecedented. Yes, there's a lot more difficulty that we're facing than we typically do in a normal recession, but the job market's gonna come back up. The most important thing about you choosing your major and what you wanna do has to be that you enjoy it. There's no point in you going to a job every single day of your life, devoting so much time to it, if you're not going to do it. So if you want to be an engineer, be an engineer. Continue to study. No, no, nothing, nothing is really going to stop you from doing that if that's really what you want. That being said, if, if you're a freshman or a sophomore, it, it is still okay to, to search for other things that you can do. And, and now, with the, with the opportunity that we have and the way the job market is, you may even have more time to do some of that um, type of soul searching, but don't be afraid to, to, to try out different, different industries, different things. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, and, and, and I know in, in, in my podcast episode that, that, I, that I had with Manny and, and, and uh, my wife joined me, we talked about, you know, not being afraid to try out even after you graduate different industries and, and, and really challenge yourself to find what you really like. And, and I think, now is as good a time as any to do some of that. What about you? What about you, Mike? Like, what do you what do you think uh, uh, would be a what's your take uh, on the type of engineering to get into if you're just getting started or industry to get into? I would say, like you mentioned, Manny, if you're a freshman, uh, I'd say take your time. You know, do something general for the moment, like mechanical, something that would be widely. And again, this is from a safe perspective. That's kind of how my brain works. Sure. Um, something that's more generally applicable. But then as you see the economy moving in the next couple of years, um, you can, again, if most universities, if you start in mechanical, you can pretty much easily switch to something else without putting yourself too far behind. Um, I'd say maybe look into business. You know, if, if you're still starting in engineering, you're still not sure, you want something that may be more stable, business could work too. Um, I say just be open to opportunities, be open to ideas, but staying in STEM would probably be good. Maybe mathematics, maybe something that's just uh, non-specific to a, sp a certain sector, but can go across many of them. So um, 
I know for me, engineering was always just the factor. I mean, the factor was always just the, the goal. So I can't say my mind wandered a whole lot. So I don't know how much uh, good advice I'd have on that one. What about you, Peter? I, I was going to voice a possibly unpopular opinion here. No, I, I I want the whole spectrum. And like I said, this is opinion, <laughs> so go for it. I mean, it's one of those things where I like, I mean, I think a really good question that I that I try to ask a lot of people, a lot of mentors, people that I admire, friends, it's like, hey, if you could do it all over again, like, what would you do differently, you know? And I, I think one thing that's, I constantly push, uh, push uh, students on is, you know what? I, I know that society says we need to go and go have a bachelor's and a master's degree and get a good job and go for corporate America. But like, what better opportunity than now? You're so young. Like, you can go and develop your own business. You can go and take an idea that you might have wrong, right, indifferent, whatever. But this is your opportunity. Like, you're so young. Like, you could completely mess up right now. And it could be completely wrong. But you know what? You're young enough that you can make it up in the long term. Like, it, I, I just think there's a lot of things out there that we're, we're so used to this old structure um, of, okay, you go to high school. From high school, you got to take your SATs or your ACTs. And then you go to college and you do that. And then you do four years. And you get either get slotted to be, you know, X, Y, or Z, doctor, engineer, or lawyer. But there's a lot more out there, and I think this is a really good opportunity for a lot of people to say, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe I want to try my own thing. You know what, a lot of those things you can do on your own, you can do at home, you can, you know, plan out. Like, what what are those gaps? What are those things that that are missing? You know, and I so I, I always encourage entrepreneurship uh, more, you know, more now than ever. But yeah, usually that's something that I, I try to push. It's your opportunity. Like, you know what, if it doesn't work out. You try it out for four, you know, five years. Guess what? You're 26. You can go still go work for any of the companies that we're working for and, and, and have enough and say, hey, I, this is what I tried. I, I think there's a lot of value in, in go on your own and, and you feel it out. Like, what is it that you actually like to do? Because you don't know what you like, like until you try it. Yeah, no, that's and, and I've tried to ask myself the same question, like, would I do anything different? I don't know. I'm more like, I think like what uh, what Mike was saying, a little bit more safer. But my thing was always rooted in, you know, having I'm non-traditional. So I had kids and stuff. So it was about, you know, trying to take uh, a lesser risk or whatever. Uh, I think I mean, I like the industry that I'm in. I'm pretty I'm very optimistic about it. I mean, I, I, look, I'm in energy, but I'm in the chemical company. Right. So things for chemicals aren't necessarily that bad right now. Uh, but being an integrated company it looks that way. I think I probably if I could do one thing different, still ending up in the same place, I would have been a chemical engineer just because there's a lot of freaking chemistry and, and things that I got to freaking learn uh, brand new versus a, a new person might know just because I have a mechanical uh, background, but I don't know. I, I suspected I would get a variety of of answers from that question uh, uh, because we're all coming from, a, I guess, a, a completely different place. All right, so let's go somewhere fun. Okay, so I will percent agree with you on the chemical engineering. Do you? I, I figured you would. <laughs> all right, so we've been in quarantine <laughs> it's now. Easy what? To make any sense? I'm sorry. <laughs> we've been in quarantine now for what eight, eight, nine weeks? How long has it been? What's the count? Yeah, I feel like it's been at least nine. 
I mean, I started at least in early February. All right. I so, want to take vacation in Mexico before it all started. So I think it's here in Texas is what, seven, eight? Seven, eight, you know, something like that. So while you're not actually doing your job and looking and, and we'll keep it tasteful, <laughs> what what have you been doing to uh, to pass time? Are we binge watching any shows? Are we are we starting new hobbies? What are we doing? Tiger King? Tiger King, 100 percent. Tiger why, King. Why <laughs> lie? Everyone watched it. Why not? Look, I, Waco it, was pretty good, too. Waco? If you haven't seen that. Yeah, one, that man. one. Yeah, that's wild. I did watch that game. That was uh, I, like I was in the age. I don't know. Like I guess we're roughly around. You know, plus or minus a few years, same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like I remember hearing about Waco, mm-hmm. yeah. but I had no idea like what. Like I knew something happened, but that was such a really good show. I really I thought it was interesting. Who knows? You know how much of it's true or not, or whatever. It was entertaining though at the the very least. Yeah, definitely recommend that one. So Tiger King, we think uh, Carol Baskin killed her husband, or what? Oh, sure, (laughs) sure. I like the the re the the the, from the fact alone that the FBI has reopened their case on this because of documentary because there were so many people that are sending like anonymous tips like that should be like enough. Oh, I didn't follow it after the six episodes or whatever, so they reopened the case. Yeah, Randy, let's do a live episode where we watch the last episodes of Tiger King on the podcast. <laughs> I did watch that seventh episode. It was kind of lame. It was kind of a <laughs> kind of a stretch. Yeah, I think I watched four, and then I had Natalie recap the rest of them because I, I couldn't get them. So no, I, I did do one other thing. So one series that I had never watched completely uh, was Breaking Bad. Dude, yes, yes. Wait, did you finish it or no? Yeah, Dude, I did. This yeah. is what I'm talking well, about. Look, I, I finished Breaking Bad, and then I watched uh, Better Call Saul, and then I watched the Netflix movie for, I forget, it's like two more, like what happened to Jesse Pinkman after after the shootout. That, that one was kind of soft, I think, the movie. I haven't watched the movie yet, but Are, yeah, Breaking uh, Bad, Better Call Saul, so good. It's, it's the reason I'm a chemical engineer today. Vince Gilligan is the man. <laughs> Wait, what did Miguel just say? He's the he's the reason that he became a this is the reason he became a chemical engineer. Oh, I see. I see. Heisenberg. Heisenberg. What were you going to say, Peter? Into this, Miguel. Just saying. Peter, what were you saying? I think we kind of spoke over you. I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, I was just saying, like Miguel, like if, if this is the reason that you you went into chemical engineering, then I think the FBI is listening. To you. <laughs> Where's your RV parked at, Miguel? I can't tell you that. <laughs> I de- I just didn't realize that how dark that show got in my head. It was like I watched the first kind of first few episodes. It was kind of kooky, some like weird, you know, chemistry teacher, and it was it had some humor in it. And I thought that was going to play out for like the rest of it, but no, it got pretty. Uh, it got pretty it got dark. dark. I, I said it was a pizza on the roof. That's about it. <laughs> um, I- I'll tell you one of the things that you probably you guys probably know this, but. I've gone down the rabbit hole of probably the most, how do you even call it? I've done a, a ton of cocktail syrups. Uh, I, this week, I've, I'm going to be doing, uh, so I have a sous vide, which if oh, wow. a sous vide, you know, so I've been doing infusions. Um, basically, there's a, there's a sous vide, it's a French fancy term for 
It's basically a metal rod that takes constant temperature and it keeps it like very level. Like you can you can cook it's like a hot water bath. Yeah, you can you can think of think of, yeah, like you take a perfect temperature steak. You want medium rare at this temperature for this long. It's 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 pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. A lot of people use it for food. I use it for cocktails. I use it for infusions of you know strawberry liqueurs and things like that. And so I've just gone down the rabbit hole of like going down the hobby that I already have. Um, this week, uh, it's tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow or, or on Saturday, I'm going to start clarifying cocktails, which I, I love chemistry like growing up. And so like now it's even, it's, it's awesome because it's like, uh, basically I can take a, some people know like a Negroni, you take a Negroni and you add milk to a Negroni, which people are like, why would you take that? What are you doing? So you took, you take of the actual, um, the protein, the way, you know, like uh, protein of the milk, you pour it in. And what ends up actually happening is those molecules end up uh, adhering to that and ends up clear, like literally clearing up the rest of the rest of the actual cocktail. And then, so when you filter it out, Negroni is typically red because of the, um, of, the Campari. Of yeah, the Campari. And then as you can flow it through, it ends up being a clear Negroni, which is pretty fucking cool. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, like it's, I don't know, I'm just going down the rabbit hole. Uh, just I, different things. I started riding a bike again. Nice. <laughs> you going to get in the Brendan Chalk bike club? No, we got it. last time for like three miles. <laughs> That's right. It's Washington, D.C. That's right. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> oh, ride. yeah. That was fun. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I picked Coming up back that. Back to your roots. And going back to my roots in D.C. No, but like Alyssa and I, and, and we have, we, and, and, the, and, and, Fabian's also in it, but he's combining it. So we're going to do 250 miles in the month of May. Solid. Nice, man. So it's been, it's been interesting. It, again, it was about like, I got to get out of here, man. I can't be in this, these four walls every day. Yeah, I've done a copycat kind of like Miguel. I had a garden, a small garden last year, and I've now made about four more. So yeah, gardening and then just welding stuff in the garage, trying to make excuses to grill more meat. What about you, Gabe? Well, besides having a three-month-old, so trying to get any kind of personal time that I can in between all of that, uh, I started uh, started uh, studying for the uh, FAA 10, Part 107 drone pilot's license. Oh, wow. Nice. Shit. Yeah, so hopefully I've got I've got the... I've got to schedule my test, but I've already gone through the, the all the training part. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, wide, I'll let you guys know a wide variety of things for sure. I'm not I'm not surprised. Well, I think that's a good place to kind of to kind of stop. Look, I had fallen off the wagon doing this podcast on account of just trying to figure my own crap out, and so it was. I, I think it was fitting that uh, the the first one back after a, like a month and a half long hiatus was to kind of chat with you guys and see what the heck you guys have been up to and how you've been individually dealing with it and at the same time hey talk a little bit you know something practical for some of those students or professionals or or or, or early professionals that are going through some weird times right now so thanks for for your time and for for sharing uh, this goofy goofy hour for sure and peter thanks for showing us how to make uh 
this drink and and for giving us a new appreciation for a banana liqueur that isn't 99 bananas <laughs> in any time I, I would gladly do the uh, precursor to all of your podcasts man we can we can start doing i was thinking look hey yeah that's the twist here actually i was trying out to see who my new co-host is going to be and this was a competition so <laughs> do you know who the, what, the, what the results are well, Peter's only going to be there at the beginning of it because once you're drunk, it doesn't really matter. It all goes downhill from there. <laughs> all right. Down or uphill. As we used to say, it's all about the experience, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the money. It's about the experience. <laughs> <laughs> One day we will tell Vegas stories on this podcast, I swear. That's called the, the After Hours Edition. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Hey, this yeah, is that's a, the one that doesn't get broadcasted. This is where I start like a Patreon, you know, start getting some pay, <laughs> some paid yes. memberships and start having exclusive content. Dude, I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right.